This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. All right, Daily Thrones fans, we're here for a quick look at the world of ice and fire. I have a special guest. She is one of the hosts of Westeros Weekly on ET Online. It is Ash Cross. And how are you? I am great. Are you ready for this finale? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This has been a pretty crazy season. This last week's episode had some people questioning, but overall, I love the season. Where are you at with it? I love it. I mean, I, I understand people's gripes with the last episode, but I thought it was... I mean, I, I think the, the whole dragon thing was a theory that was floating around for a while. Right. It's true. Confirmed. I, I have no problem with anything that happened in the last episode. I actually thought it was quite epic. What do you think is going to happen in this finale? One of my things to start. Yeah. I, I don't have any predictions. I love that we're in a spot I never thought we'd be, which is John, Cersei, everyone in the same area. I never thought we'd get to this point. Seriously, like, I I, I thought a lot of major players would die before they all have the chance to right. be in one spot, right? And I think, um, yeah, this is something that we've been waiting for since the beginning of the show. When are they all going to come together? And they finally are in this final episode. The thing is... In previous up in previous seasons, the second right. to last episode, something crazy happens, right? right? And then the last episode kind of ties up all the loose ends and sets it up for the next season. Right. But we haven't lost any major characters, really. This right. Season. No, no shocking death. Valaria, so, Olena, not shocking. Not shocking. So I, it, the question is, are we going to get a shocking death in this last episode? I think so. I think so. I think someone could go. I, I don't know who. I thought Cersei was going to go at the end of this season. Mm. I don't think that anymore. That's more to play out there. But I think we could see someone go. I think a lot of people are, are saying, hey, we're going to get the Clegane Bowl. Right. The Hound versus Get hyped. But if, one of, if, if any of them died, would you feel like that was a major death? I wouldn't. I wouldn't, and I love the Hound, absolutely. He's one of my favorite characters. He's a lot of people's favorite characters. But it, it, it would be one of those, yeah, okay, that's the way it would end. So even then, we might not have a shocking death. If it's not Cersei, John, or Danny, or Jamie, maybe, or Tyrion, might not be shocking. But they did they did kind of set up, Tyrion was like, she will have a trap for you, and we need to set a trap for her. Right. So what could that be? Now, in all the promo stuff, I haven't seen the images that came out today, so I may be completely wrong here, but in the, in the trailer for next week, Danny's not there. I don't see her. Right. But She's I off getting like a new wardrobe made. No? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Who is doing that for her? Costumes. That's, that's the spinoff I want. Costumes are on point this season. Is who is working for yeah. her and weaving these costumes. I, they're I, beautiful. I think that's obviously they're holding something back. They're holding something back. Yeah. I think does, maybe she, Maybe does Danny. I mean, do you think Danny wouldn't make it to the meeting? I think think it's too soon. I could see Danny dying at some point. I actually really can. And have some, George R. R. Martin talks about this bittersweet ending, and maybe part of that is Danny reuniting with Cal Drogo in some kind of, Mm -hmm. they're dead, they're in the afterlife. But I I don't see that happening now. I don't see it happening now. I could see her dying at some point, and and, and Tyrion be like, well, what do we do now? Nobody can control these dragons, and and then John's like, wait, I can. Well, hold on. (laughs) Yeah, they did focus a lot on what happens after she goes. You you can't have children. What's the secession? What's that? And they even, you know, Jorah talks about it with John. Like, yeah, give long claw to your kids. Uh, Keep it. Um, So that, that could be some foreshadowing. It could be. I think I I think that Danny is gonna outlive Cersei. Yeah. 
But who knows? It's freaking Game of Thrones. I mean. Who knows? And that's what I love about this finale. Say what you will about last week, which some of the tension was taken out of it because we knew Danny was flying in, to, in with the dragons. I can't predict what's happening because I never thought we'd be in the dragon pit with everyone meeting. Well, because you do. Okay, so you do. You do Thrones talk. Yes. I do an after show as well. And every week, mm-hmm. I try to predict something, right. and then I'm I'm dead wrong. Yes, I'm that's losing part my of own that's part of the but fun. But it's so fun because I'm like, wow, this is the completely opposite of what I could ever even imagine. Which I like as a fan. I don't want to be too ahead of the story. Which might have been some of the complaints last week, as we all felt we were ahead of the story. We like to be surprised. Game of Thrones has just raised the bar too high for that. Mm-hmm. So that might be it. So I was, I, you know what? Why why I was upset last week a little bit is because the episode leaked. And so many people watched it, yeah, yeah. and then they texted, and they were like, the episode is crazy, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but the craziest thing happens. So the hype was unreal for that episode when yes. I went into it, and then I watched it, and I was like, okay, I kind of expected this to happen. Right. I wasn't... That's part of the problem. It wasn't a big twist to me. Not a big twist. All right, maybe this is finally the episode where the wall comes down. I've been predicting for like three seasons that the wall comes down. We'll find out this Sunday, Game of Thrones Season 7 finale. Uh, you can continue listening here on Daily Thrones. Find me doing Thrones Talk. But also, Ash, they can watch you on Westeros Weekly. Where can they follow you? That is on E.T.'s YouTube page on Monday morning. We'll have that last episode. And you can follow me at Ash Crossan on Twitter. Thank you so much. Guys, what are your predictions for the finale of Season 7? Hey, Ken, one reunion that looks like it's going to happen uh, on Sunday that I'm very much looking forward to is Tyrion and Podrick. I always loved Tyrion and Podrick's relationship. And, you know, the last time they saw each other, Tyrion said there has never lived a more loyal squire. And I think Tyrion's going to be very happy to see that Podrick is not only alive and well, that he's becoming a swordsman, a warrior. I think that will make him happy. I think Podrick will be very happy to see Tyrion's also all right, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Hey, Ken, this is Jeremy. You know, there's a reunion that no one's talking about that I'm actually really excited to see, but I bet it's going to get undercut in the next episode, and that is The Hound and Bran. I just want to, I'm just curious how that's going to go when she sees that he's still alive. And another thing I'm thinking about is if when the Whites get to the Wall, and obviously we're thinking they're going to go to uh, Eastwatch, should the Wildlings, should they bother staying? Or once the, the dead get there, should they just take off? Because let's face it, they're going to be way outnumbered, and all they're going to end up doing is dying and then becoming part of the army. So would it be better just because they're not really going to slow them down, you know? So it's one of those things where it's like, would the smart thing to be just run and consolidate or stay and die? I don't know. I'm waiting to see. We have some potential reunions coming up here in the finale. And I love your calls reminding us about them. Tyrion and Pond. It will be probably a small reunion, not important in the grand scheme of things but it's going to be cool there was uh, a lot of emotion between them two kind of a mentor mentee maybe Tyrion's the crazy uncle that pod never really had the good the uncle that takes you in and teaches you about life and that final scene that final moment when pod says goodbye to Tyrion in the cells when Tyrion's basically like you've got to get out of this city you have to do it for your own safety it is one of the more emotional goodbyes and last looks in all the Game of Thrones. But guess what? Turns out, probably not going to be a last look. We have them both in the same space, and it's going to be cool to see them together. And I'm sure they'll give Tyrion and Pod a moment. Brand and the Hound is another great reunion. And Jeremy calling in with that one. We've all been focusing on the Clegane Bowl. Get hype! 
about the zombie mountain and the reformed hound meeting up again in a more possibly violent reunion, but I like the idea of Brienne and the hound getting together. Brienne will be shocked, number one, to find out that the hound is still alive, and the hound, it's not the same hound we know. Even though last season with the episode uh, Broken Man with Brother Wade, the hound was still, uh, let's say, not overly happy about what Brienne did to him. He definitely has changed. He's found greater purpose, and he's seen more important things north of the wall. So the hound has got to be, I think, a little different, and he won't be completely angry when he sees Brienne, but I'm sure he's going to have some things to say, and their exchange could be interesting. I don't think they'll find love. I think that's uh, saved uh, for Tormund. Or maybe it's safe for Jamie. And the final question uh, tucked in there with Jeremy's great call. About the wildings, the free folk manning the wall over at Eastwatch. Would it be better strategy to just pull back, head back down to Winterfell, maybe even head farther south if they gain some new allies, set up shop and join up, consolidate and defend the realm? I think so. I think that might work because we know what's happening. Now, they might believe the wall's going to stand, we're good to go, Castle Black, Eastwatch, we're all right. But, I don't know, I think whoever's at the Shadow Tower, whoever's at Castle Black, and whoever's at Eastwatch might need to head south and join up, possibly at Winterfell, take all your supplies you can, take all your food, don't trust that wall. Don't trust that wall and don't trust that you can defeat what's coming down. There's believing in yourself. There's also fighting for another day, and I think, Jeremy, you have a good point. It might be better. The free folk and what's left of the Night's Watch abandon the wall, set up shop farther down, and hope to hell they get some help. What do you guys think? We'll keep talking about it here on Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken. I actually think that Melisandre is going to Volantis to, to recruit the followers of Lorel of Relor and go to the temple of Relor and get all like the fiery hand and all the all the people who believe in this religion and believe that the great other is coming and she's going to go bring them back to Westeros to join Jon in his fight against the undead the white walkers the night king and as in terms of Clegane Bowl, I do not think it's happening in the finale. I actually think it'll happen some point next season when the White Walkers come far enough down south to where they can actually possess the mountain. They will warg him in whatever way they warg the Whites, and then I think the Hound will have to fight him in an epic battle. Hey, Ken, Kevin Ross. New little uh, GOT counseling today. Uh, having, uh, let's call them spirited conversations about whether it's the showrunner's fault uh, for lack of continuity, or is it uh, George R. R. Martin's fault for lack of providing material? Um, the show has been great with the showrunners up until we got past the books. Once we get past the books, the shows have felt like crib notes. Ultimately, to this season, where we were trying to get to the very end, we're down to bullet points. And it feels like the showrunners are afraid to do anything past what they've been outlined to do without causing major continuity screw-ups in the books that George is writing. On the other side, George has not provided materials for these guys to work with. What are they supposed to do? So, uh, help. Need some counseling. Thanks. Kevin with an interesting question. Not one that keeps me up at night, but it might keep up other people up at night. And look, I can't deny that after about midway through season four, that's when the show really started going outside the books, more criticism started to come in. Now, it just might be that Game of Thrones became so popular, eventually people are going to start poking holes in it. But 
Once I started getting past the source material that was already out, uh, the show definitely opened itself up to more questions. Season 5, it really started to set in. Then in Season 6, we were pretty much all in uncharted waters. So stuff that we're seeing might not be the things we like. Hodor, for instance, is going to be in the books, but George R. R. Martin said it's going to be different. So Kevin's note that Season 7 particularly seems like crib notes uh, to a bigger story makes some sense to me. They were only given certain outlines or certain endpoints from George R. R. Martin. George R. R. Martin seems to not, definitely not distance himself from the show. He, he has corrected that since he watches. He's a little behind on this season. That news kind of came out today. He had been misquoted. He was on vacation or out of the country and hadn't watched. And people took that as, oh, George R. R. Martin doesn't watch Game of Thrones. He does. He's an executive producer on it. He has a stake in it. He's developing the prequels. I think he's changed his tone. There were some little things uh, that started to cause him to kind of say, hey, that's not in my book. The Jamie Cersei sex scene in front of Joffrey's body, which is in the books, but a little bit different on the show. It came more as a, a rape, quite frankly. And it upset a lot of people. George R. Martin says, not the way I intended it. And then, of course, the rape scene with Sansa and Ramsay, which George R. R. Martin did have in the books. I actually think it's somewhat better, different, not better, but different and, and more disgusting in the books is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but to each his own, that one definitely was not without its uh, just controversy. It, it, it was an awkward, painful, disturbing scene. So George R. R. Martin definitely has moved away a little bit, but how much can be uh, these questions and plot holes and crib note feelings, how much can be blamed on George R. R. Martin for not sharing everything, not finishing the books, number one, and not sharing intimate details and being more involved with the process? He even stopped writing. He used to write one or two episodes a year, of course, and he pulled back on that saying, hey, he had to have time to write the books. And how much is the producers just kind of lost in the wilderness? Uh, not knowing exactly, they know these characters and they know them well, but the dialogue they're writing, if it's not in the books, it's not from the books, then it's their own dialogue and it might be a different take and it might seem different to us. I am still loving every bit of season seven, even the question marks, and I love season six as well. Season six has some amazing things, and we know that things that are covered in season six, particularly in now in seven, are going to be in the books. But to what degree? For instance, I still think this mission north of the wall might not even be in the books at all, similar to how the mutineers were dealt with by Jon Snow in season four, uh, which actually it was, uh, you know, the books dealt with a lot differently. I won't spoil it for anyone who's still coming up on that part. Um, so how much is the producers being lost in the wilderness? How much is George R. R. Martin just not sharing enough? Does any of it matter? I still love every minute. I know Kevin does. I know all of you do. But it's an interesting question. Chicken or the egg? Which one came first here on Daily Thrones?